our pride causes us to not lament, which then caps our spiritual maturity and growth. Welcome to The Extra 10. My name is Ben Cartland, joined here once again by Jason Esposito. Jason, how you doing today, man? Happy spring in February. <laughs> I feel like we say that every I'm other week. It. I'm loving this winter. People yeah. are like, oh man, I'm like, yes. Yeah, it's the, the warmth. El, El Nino here. Is that it? Yeah, the El Nino. Yeah, that's cool. we're under whatever. Warmth. So I mean, warmth for Wisconsin yeah, in February. It's warmer. So. It's warmer. Yeah, the sun is shining, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. No, I've got I've got a lot going on. We got a lot of uh exciting opportunities going on at Crossway. You know, we were just talking about Yep. Some of those and uh yeah, pretty cool. Just a lot going on. Yeah, definitely a busy season, but uh busy good, not busy bad. So that's right. uh, and then hopefully, you know, other people out there are having, you know, I know it's a busy time of year for a lot of people, you know, school like I feel like everything's kind of in its grind season, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like school, there's nothing, no real holidays until uh until spring breaks and things like that. So it's kind of like the longest mm-hmm. section of the school year for for students and that can get long for parents as well, you know, as everybody's just kind of grinding those schedules. But hopefully it's it's all busy good and not not busy bad. And then you reminded me, are we a month out from Easter? Five weeks? Yeah, about six, five weeks from Easter. Easter. It's early this wow. year, end of March. Yeah. So ugh. right around the corner. Yeah. Um, I mean, not ugh, like it's so exciting, like, <laughs> you know, but just all the, all the just, work it's that unbelievable. goes into yeah, it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's a great celebration. Comes, yeah. and. We're going to have baptisms and we're going to have Good Friday services. And I love, I mean, I love Easter weekend, just like I love Christmas Eve. But I, the, I'm like, oh my, we've got a lot to, to yeah. do to get ready for, and hey, as for early, that weekend. As early as it is this year, maybe there'll be snow. Maybe. So, uh, oh yeah, Please not. We've had that. We've had <laughs> snowstorms at Easter. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's one of those years, but, uh, but yeah, it's really exciting. I know you can kind of feel uh, the staff starting to to get into full swing as we you know or like mm-hmm. get in, in the lockstep as we start marching towards Easter and it's always fun it's a you know I, I've only experienced it since I've been on staff here but coming up to Christmas coming yeah. up to Easter people kind of there's a different yeah. energy uh, as you'd expect and it's uh, it's fun it's fun to experience so yeah I was talking to someone recently I said you know we either have um, dying pains or growing pains. Yeah, <laughs> and if you could choose one, you know, I'm going to yeah. choose growing pains. Right, and right. Right now, we are in a season of growing pains, yeah. and the time we're in a season of dying pains. But right now, across my church, we're in a season of growing pains. We're talking about some parking challenges, and we're leaning hard into those parking issues. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about eventual seating challenges. Yep. We've got rooms yep. uh, for grow groups and care groups that we need to expand. I mean, there's a lot going on, yep. uh, as well as looking at some of the the ministry we're doing outside of the walls of Crossway yep. Church. So we have uh, growing challenges. Yes. Yeah. And that's a much more articulate way to say, you know, busy good instead of busy bad. Right. You, you articulated yeah. right. that far more well, clearly than I did. Burning pains or dying pains. It's like <laughs> stress. I was talking to my, uh, the counselor that I see, just a great, great counselor, really sharp, godly man. And we were talking about stress and how our body responds to stress Mm -hmm. and the body doesn't distinguish between good stress and bad stress. Okay. Like the body just responds to stress. So you can have stress because things are going well and challenges and opportunities. You can have stress because things aren't going well, Yeah, but the body still, you know, process that stress uh, 
in its own way. Yeah. That's not distinct for, for good or bad. And so that's just important to, to know as uh, I can be a stressed person. Yes. Yeah. As, as we all can. And it is, it is an interesting thing about you would think that, oh, my body is, is, you know, when I'm stressed for a positive reason, it's better outcomes for physically, but it's, that's not oftentimes the case. So. Well, this week we continued in our series uh, talking about kind of the the minor prophets of the Old mm-hmm. Testament. Um, how long is this series? How long is this series? Well, what? Like we talked about Easter. Five <laughs> yeah. more weeks? You know, yeah, a few it? more weeks. A few, a few more weeks, weeks of right. it? Uh, yeah. On Easter, we're going to launch a new series. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and have a clear presentation of the good news, the gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, salvation. Just an exciting weekend. But we're also going to launch this new kind of mini series uh, in, on Easter, which is then going to lead us into, which I'm super excited about. And then we'll go back all of a sudden I'm foreshadowing yeah, and, yeah. uh, visioning, uh, April global impact month. We're flying oh, right, in right. some partners from around the world. It's going to be such a cool few weeks yeah. to hear what God's doing globally and how we're, we're a part of that, but back to the minor prophets, the minor prophets. Right. And, and this, this week we looked at, um, and now I'm going to say it wrong. Uh, <laughs> Habakkuk. Habakkuk is what right. I, I We had a discussion and the teaching team. We have a teaching team. Yeah. We have three locations, three live yeah. in-person sermons each week. The vast majority of the weeks, occasionally we'll do simulcasts. And there was a discussion on how to pronounce Habakkuk. Okay. And uh, along with some other words, uh, yeah. we talked about one of the words toward the end of my sermon is, is a style of music. Okay. We think it's a style of music. Right, we really, right. really don't know. And no one really knows how to pronounce uh, that word. And so there's even debate there. We know you pronounce yeah. it this way or that way. And some people, you know, have strong opinions on that. Yep. Uh, but um, same thing with Habakkuk. Yeah. Yeah. And right before we, we started recording here, I jokingly pronounced it a different way. And that was all that was in my I head. I can't there. unhear so thanks, that. So, right, I need so to, we need for, to move on. Thanks for bailing me out there. Um, but But we really talked about the kind of the, the, the core of what we were talking about is this idea of lamenting um, and a lot of really good thoughts and ideas about that in the sermon. But I thought it would be appropriate in this context to really define what lamenting is, uh, both as we see it in the Bible, but also as we might act it out in our own lives. Uh, so in short, what is lamenting? It's letting out your deepest fears, pains, questions, wounds, angst in a unfiltered way to God. I mean, that's lamenting. Uh, It's what we see in Psalm 22 with David. It's what we see in the book of Habakkuk. Uh, There's a whole book of the Bible dedicated to this. And it's so crucial that we don't stuff our questions, don't stuff our pain, don't stuff our fears, don't stuff our anger. If we do, then it's still going to come out, but it's going to come out in an unhealthy way. Punching walls, throwing coffee, yelling at our kids, getting depressed, even physically it's going to come out. You know, Mm -hmm. the idea of the the body tells the score. Uh, There's a book about that Mm -hmm. and how our emotions and our experiences are physiologically emerge. And um, so lamenting is a gift from God that we can actually say, why God, I don't understand this. What's going on? I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm fearful. I'm 
you know, we, we can do that and God can handle it. It's not going to change God. It's not going to make God think, I don't know if I want to be a friend of Ben or Jason's anymore. You know, yeah. we have that great truth in Romans that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Uh, so it, it's lamenting is a gift from God to help us deal with the mystery and the challenges and the wounds and pain and grief of life. So is there a, a, a proper way to lament? And I'm, I'm only asking this because, you know, when we talk about it in, in a lot of times, like if I'm talking, okay, like, Hey Ben, go lament to God, which means, you know, lay out your frustrations before God. Um, I would go to a question like, oh, is it, you know, because I've done this before, you know, whether I intentionally was saying I'm going to go lament or mm -hmm. I was just upset, but I might not have used the most appropriate language, you know, during my, my kind of crying out, you mm -hmm. know, whether that was a, a true lament or me just whining, uh, that's yeah. yet to be determined. But is there, is there a proper way is there is there a right and a wrong way to lament if we're if we're supposed to you know be crying out to God? I, I again it's it sounds like a little bit of a, a abstract question or bizarre question, yeah. but uh, but I don't want it to you know because I, I feel when I get to those moments when it's such raw emotion, when I check myself, you know oh I'm I'm, I'm not doing this right and it and it kind of like can take away mm -hmm. from you know what that moment is meant to be. I, I don't know if that makes no, no, any sense. No, but I, I, I just, think that's a great yeah. question. I think one of the things we see primarily with lamenting in the scripture, it's from an individual to God. So if you are lamenting in a way where you're trying to attack someone, well, that would not be a proper way to lament. And Psalm 22, one through two, I have it right in front of me. My God, my God, this is David. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, and I find no rest. That's David to God. So a proper way to lament is to make sure it's God-focused. doesn't mean we can't have someone in the room. There'll be times when Amy is present, my wife, and I'm lamenting and I'm sharing this angst and this pain and this frustration with her, but it's not targeted toward her. It's communicating to her as it's targeted to God in that in that sense. So that's a piece of it. The other one would be if it's not real. Like if you are holding back, if you're trying to hide something from God. We see again in in the Psalms, we see that with Habakkuk. I mean, he is like so how long Lord must I call for help? This is Habakkuk 1 1 through 4. But you do not listen or cry out to you violence. You know, it, here he is like God, you don't listen. Like I've been praying over and over again for my wayward child. I've been praying for a job. I've been praying that I would no longer have this sexual addiction. I've been praying over, like, where are you, God? Mm -hmm. You're not listening. You're deaf, God. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lament. And that's what we see in the scripture. So if you're holding back, if you are trying to sugarcoat it, it's not going to have the powerful spiritual impact that God has intended a lament to have in our life. So it, when, when I think of lamenting or like crying out or something like that, I, it, it feels like that that would come from a place of a less mature relationship with Christ. That it feels like, oh, I, I just don't, I don't trust God enough, or I'm not like laying it down before mm -hmm. the cross, or yeah. I'm not doing all those things. Like it feels like 
if I have to lament, mm-hmm. I'm not as close to God as, you know, maybe I should be or could be or other people. Um, but in fact, it feels like from, from kind of the tenor of, of your sermon that that's in fact the inverse, right? That it's, it's a, it shows more maturity. Can mm-hmm. you unpack that yeah. a little bit? So the more that we trust God, the greater freedom we have to lament. And the less we trust God, the less we will lament. In trust, we trust God's character. We trust that he's unchanging. We trust that he's good. We trust that he's loving. We trust that he's sovereign. We trust that he is crafting this divine story. We trust that he'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never abandon us. We trust that he calls us friend. We trust that nothing, you know, on and on and on, all of this, yeah. all of these great truths in the scripture. And because of that, I can lament. Because I do trust God, I know that God isn't going to smite me. He's not going to wipe me out because I'm like, I'm so angry. I don't understand. Why have you done that? You know, all of like, God, I know because I trust in God's character, like that's not going to change God. God's not going to be like, oh, that that was, thank you for that suggestion, Jason. You know, know, and so the more we trust God and the more faith we have in the work that God has done in our life and how secure we are in Christ, the greater freedom we'll have to lament. When we lament, we are, as I've said already, we're kind of letting out what we're truly feeling. But immature Christianity not only is a lack of trust in a God who can handle my deepest emotions and feelings, it is a form of plastic hypocrisy, a fake kind of Christianity where everything needs to be happy, happy, joy fast, rainbows and unicorns, pithy little bumper sticker phrases, cute little tweets or X kind right, of statements. Right. And, and, and everything has to be fine. Like, oh, God's in control and God loves you. And, and that's okay. Like, I know you're going, you're grieving the death of that person you loved, but aren't you glad they're in heaven? And, and, and again, hear me, that's true. If, if someone dies, my dad who passed away and I wasn't able to be present when he died and the rest of my family was, and I mentioned that in the sermon, he's with God. And I'm so thankful that he's with the Lord to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for someone who knows Christ. And I look forward to seeing him someday in the new heaven and the new earth. I know that's true. And there's a time when I do need to hear and I can even express He's with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But in that moment when I wish that I could have been present to say goodbye, in that moment when I wish that he could have been there at one of my kids' weddings, I need to lament. And God can handle that. And so a robust faith and trust creates a safe and secure relationship between us and God in which we can truly lament. We can allow God to hear what he already knows, but from our perspective, to hear what we're truly thinking and feeling, and that we don't get it. We I don't understand why certain things happen, certain things happen. I don't understand why that person died. I don't understand why God allows certain leaders to continue to reign, to rule with such uh, abusive policies and practices. I don't understand. Like we can kind of go down it, and and that that's important to a- ask those kind of questions. I can ask those questions because I trust that someday, whatever happens, I'm going to be with Jesus in that new heaven and the new earth. 
And it also, you know, you think about it in the context of kind of a relationship, you know, that we have with God. And I, I've, you know, having, having kids has really given me a different perspective on my relationship with God and challenged me in a lot of ways. And as, as you're talking, I'm thinking, um, about like how good I would feel as a parent if my kid and they're not teenagers, if they were teenagers, you know, came to me and just was like, dad, this is everything that I'm struggling with right now. And this is why my life is hard. And this is why this is the deepest, darkest mm-hmm. places of my soul that I am in pain with and I need your help. And they cried out to me in that way, how valued I would feel as a parent and how present and trusted I would feel the ability to engage my kid at a deeper level and understand what's going on. And I, if we move that context into the, or or that relationship into and and modify it to be our relationship with God, like how much more does that tell God about how we feel towards him? Exactly what you were Mm -hmm. saying, trust, uh, in, in who he is and his goodness, um, it really, to me, you know, as you were talking, it kind of gave a little bit of that perspective of really it speaks to how, how mature your relationship is, how much you do trust God, how much you are willing to lean on God, and how much you value God in your life um, by being able to turn to him and say, like, this is it. This is everything yeah. top to bottom. Uh, don't know what you want to do with it, but there it is, you know. So as a loving father. Fast forward a little bit. One of your kids comes home and they're just like not right. You can tell Mm -hmm. like something, something's off. And as a loving, caring father, do you want them to share with you what's going on? Of course. What went on was the boyfriend uh, broke up with them. The boyfriend cheated on them. The boy, whatever, you know, situation like as a loving, caring dad, do you, you know, you know, just stuff that in. Don't don't express it. Or do you want your child to come home and just to weep over the the hurt, the pain, the broken heart, to express her anger over feeling you know abandoned by her boyfriend, uh, cheated on, like, as a loving father? Like, mm-hmm. what do you want? No, right. no, just. Just go, I'm busy. I got to mow the lawn. I've got to do my thing. I got, you know, and hopefully she can just, you know, do her homework or, yep. or do whatever. No, you you want your child to just, no, it's okay. And what are you going to do? Are you going to be like, don't cry about that. Don't, don't, oh, come on. That's too many tears or, you know, don't, you know, don't yell about yeah. that. No, you're, you're, we've talked about that in the past. We've talked already. about, you, you know, know that's going to happen, you know, right, that's, right. that, that boyfriend, I don't like him anyways. <laughs> right, right? right? No, you're going to, you might think that, you know, yeah. but you're, you're going to be like, just come here. And as a loving, caring father, you're just going to hold your daughter right. as she weeps. And that is a way to think of lamenting. God doesn't want us to hold it in and stuff it. Man, God just wants to hold us. There's this great idea of God is our Abba. Abba Daddy. It's an intimate term that Jesus used for our Heavenly Father, a term that no Jewish person at the time would use. But Jesus is saying, God is your Abba Daddy. And in your deepest pain and disappointment and questions and fears and grief and anger, God can handle it and He loves you and He wants you to express that to Him. And He's our Abba Daddy who perfectly, and I know some people have had horrific fathers. So you have to imagine what, what it would be like to have 
a loving, caring, patient, compassionate, emotionally engaged, present father. That's God. Just like you and I want to be for our kids. So God desires to be for us. He's not telling us to stuff it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't show your emotions. Yeah. And, and I, I know it. And I know this, this analogy is inapplicable for everybody because we're, we're talking about kids, but, uh, and having kids, but even like it actually shows a maturity in your child if they're willing and able to articulate their problem. Like it's, and the same with, with us to God, like it's not a weakness to have to cry out to God in frustration. In fact, to me, it, it, it speaks to knowing yourself and understanding yourself even more that that's something that you're holding on to. I mean, because I mean, and dare I go be as so bold as to say, like, if you don't have a frustration with God, you're not doing it right. You know, like you're not, you're not pushing the envelope of your relationship with God. You're not, you're not engaging this, uh, curiosity that we oftentimes talk about here at Crossway. Um, because if, if you're, if everything about God is nice and in a box, something, some, something is missing. Um, and, and it, for me, and it, again, I'm just, I'm speaking, I'm thinking out loud right now as I process things, like when was the last time I lamented? And as I sit here, start thinking about the things that I am frustrated with God Mm -hmm. about and frustrations that I do have and had had about unanswered prayers or, you know, uh, uh, people that, you know, I care and love mm-hmm. that are look no closer to being in relationship with God, if not further than mm-hmm. they were 10 years ago when I first started praying for them or, or, or even, you know, friends that were, were, you know, highly significant in my, uh, relationship, uh, in building a relationship with God and highly influential when I was a teenager, uh, instilling this, this, uh, this commitment or helping instill this commitment and praying for me, having, you know, challenges in their faith and me hearing about these things and and like just frustrated and, uh, sad and just, you know, and I think I'm, I'm kind of doing it right now though, very publicly and probably not all the way, but I think about all these things that are frustrating. And and when you really start to dial back, there's a long list of, of things that I am frustrated Mm -hmm. and don't understand about what God is doing in my life and in the world around me. And, And you said it earlier, Crossway, the community of faith, the church that we're part of, we desire to be a community for the curious. And a part of that, and I've never thought about it this way, is to have a culture of lamenting, like a curious culture. We've talked about a curious culture as being humble. We've talked about a curious culture as asking questions. We're talking about a curious culture as having divergent views on issues. And we can still be in community. We can still be mutual followers of Jesus Christ, but disagree a little bit over politics or certain second tier issues in the scripture. Part of being community for the curious is, is lamenting. They say, I don't get this. You know, I even think about the gathering that we're going to have this Friday night. And there's things that I have read about the speakers that we're going to have. There's conversations that I've had with others. There's books I've read and studies that I've engaged, conversations, and there's things I just, I don't fully get. You know, I don't mm-hmm. understand. There's things that I lament, like, God, why isn't it clearer in this area? And I think a lot of areas are really clear, and we're going to talk about those yeah. this Friday. But I think there's some others, like, I don't understand certain things. And when we don't understand something, that's the place of lament. Say, God, I don't, I don't get this. Why do I still struggle with this? Right. 
You know why? I, and I think about that in my own life. I don't, I'm 52 years old. Woof. <laughs> and I still struggle with anxiety and I still struggle with some insecurities and I still struggle with uh, uh, some OCD. Why do I still struggle at 52 years old? Mm -hmm. I've been a follower of Jesus Christ the vast majority of life. I've been a pastor for 30 years. I have gone to Bible school and seminary and doctrinal studies. I've gone to spiritual formation retreats. I've had mentors. I've had an enormous amount of Christian counseling. I have had moments where the Holy Spirit has just overwhelmed me and I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can go on and on and on, mm -hmm. but why do I still struggle? Yep. And I think that's, uh, that's really important. Like that's where lament sits. Like, why do I still struggle? Or maybe for somebody else, it's a sexual addiction or a sexual attraction that's not in line with God's design. And, and, and they're wrestling with that. And they're like, God, why? Like, will you take that away? God can. Mm -hmm. God can take away my anxiety. God can take away my struggle with OCD. God could take away my insecurities. He could take away, I have a, a good friend who is uh, uh, an alcoholic. He doesn't drink anymore. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And he has, you know, has struggled with alcoholism. And uh, But he's still that temptation is still there. And he doesn't give into it. So he's not sinning. But... God hasn't taken away the temptation, but God could. And sometimes God does. And I know I don't struggle with anxiety as much as I used to struggle with anxiety. So there's kind of a win there, but I still struggle with it. Right. And so I think this is the place where lament emerges. I was talking to someone this weekend who, you know, has experienced the loss of some loved ones and experienced grief. And they were saying, just thank you for the reminder and again, the biblical permission to lament. I'm going to be lamenting in different ways this side of eternity. And I think that's so important. We are healthier, more mature when we lament. It's interesting here. I pulled this up. Uh, there's the whole book I said, there's a book called Lamentations. Like it's yeah. a whole book on lamenting. Just listen to some of this. She sobs through the night, tears stream down her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there's no one left to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her and become her enemies. Like that's some just very emotional yeah. layer. It's about Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So it's a sorrow over Jerusalem text. And if you want to get really into the, the messy, just tear-filled, vomiting of yeah. emotions of what lament looks like, read the Book of Lamentations, along with Habakkuk. <laughs> And, and, you know, you mentioned this in the sermon too, and, it, and it, you were, you know, when you were talking a little bit earlier, you know, about some of the challenges and, and frustrations that you have with some of the struggles that you still have from time to time, you know, it, it's this idea of like, by lamenting, you're admitting your limitations. Mm -hmm. You're admitting that like, okay, I've, I've gone as far as I can go That's huge. with this. Mm -hmm. And now it's up to you mm -hmm. because I am at a loss. And I think that is really critical to the spirit, if you will, of, of lamenting is that giving up that control and saying like, okay, I've gone as far as I can go. Your turn. That's a great point, Ben. Our pride causes us to not lament, which then caps our spiritual maturity and growth. Like, I, I can handle this. Right. I can do this. I'm just going to pull myself up by my bootstraps, whatever bootstraps are. I think it's a really <laughs> old reference there. Google it. 
I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone. Again, a very old reference, a lot of old references. Uh, There's got to be a new type of, you know, phrase like that. And I'm just going to work harder and I'm going to stuff it and I'm going to just have laser-like focus in there. That's newer lasers, laser-like focus (laughs) and continue to move forward. And, And that's pride. But when we realize we're limited beings and we humble ourselves before the Lord, he'll lift us up. And at that point in which we humble ourselves is where we meet lament and being honest and real with God and finally saying, God, you're God and I'm not. And I don't understand. And I might never understand. But even though I still struggle with anxiety, even though I still have insecurities, even though I struggle still with OCD at times, even though I don't know why I wasn't present when my father passed away, even though I don't know why, you know, on and on and on the list, you know, whatever that is true of you, I trust you, God. You're God and I'm not. And I, I fall upon your grace and your love and I need your perfect Abba Daddy arms to hold me right now. I need to know your presence. That's where lament can bring us, which then builds that foundation in which we can thrive as a follower of Jesus Christ. One thing, you know, I want to kind of, as we kind of, you know, kind of land this conversation a little bit, I want to, I want to make sure that we touch on this idea that God can handle it. Mm -hmm. You know, so we've just done this very raw, you know, lamenting to, to God opened up, spilled all the frustrations about God, verbal vomit, verbal vomit. Hey, all all the shortcomings that I think Mm -hmm. you have, God, all the things that I think you've done wrong, all the things that I think that you, uh, areas I feel like you've come up short. And we see this in the Bible. So right now some people are like, what? Right. (laughs) Read the Bible, not the Bible we want, the Bible that we have, the Bible that is truth. Right. Even when it irritates us. Right. And, And it's, you know, like I feel like God has coming up has mm-hmm. come up short in my life, but I also know that I don't know everything, and that's where it comes to trusting God mm-hmm. that He knows He, he yeah. has what's best for me and His kingdom in mind. And so uh, I'll just openly admit that I guess. But this idea that like God can handle it, God can handle all of your frustrations, all of your struggles and challenges, even if they're challenges towards Him, God can handle it. And I, I just, you know, it's, it sounds intimidating because again, going back to the kid analogy, if my kid came and said, mm-hmm. Hey dad, I'm frustrated. And here's all the reasons why it's your fault. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I would handle that mm-hmm. very well, but God can. And, and so I just want to, to, yeah, have that conversation and really lay it out that you can't be too raw for God. So Paul talks about in the new Testament that we shouldn't think too much of ourselves. And I think in, in one sense, when we're unwilling to be really honest with God, it's because we're thinking too much of ourselves. Just the idea, think about this, that little old Jason, little old me, <laughs> literally a speck, a moment, dust in the wind, a drop of water in the Pacific Ocean could have an impact on God is pretty <laughs> self you know yeah. absorbed yeah you know it's not having a proper view of self and when i mean impact on god 
I'm not talking about the fact that God does want my love and your love. Right. I'm not talking about that when we pray, that can shift how God operates. Like another podcast, another conversation. I'm talking about in this area to think that, you know, God's going to be like, ooh, you know, I'm not going to be good anymore because Jason's lamenting or I'm right. going to, yeah, I mean, come on. I think we do generally think too much of ourselves. We think that we're the center of the universe, the center of the story. I am not the center of the universe. I'm not the center of the story. God is. I am loved by God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, as all of us are. I'm a child of the Most High God because I am a follower of Jesus Christ. But I am but a moment in a much bigger story that God is crafting. I am a sentence in a paragraph in a chapter of a book of a series that God is sovereign over. And uh, that's really important to, to remember that God is not going to change in nature and character because I'm raw and honest with him. But it should bring me to a point where I trust him. You know, I want to make sure we say that as you look at the Psalm of David, as you look at Habakkuk, like at the end, he's, you know, his strength is in the Lord. It should bring us a true lament for the follower of Christ, should bring us to the point of greater trust in God, greater strength. It shouldn't leave us jaded and angry at God. It should leave us secure and stable and healthier and more grace-filled and saturated with power of his spirit in a more expansive faith. Well, this is The Extra 10. My name is Ben Cartland here with Jason Esposito. Jason, thanks for stopping by today. Have a great day, Ben. Mm-hmm.